0: Football on Off The Ball
1: With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports
0: Hard to believe we're just, what, a fortnight away from the Community Shield Just over three weeks away from the start of the new Premier League season We're obviously right in the height of the transfer window And to talk about some of the deals that are happening And some of the deals that may happen uh, We're joined by Miguel Delaney, the Independence Chief Football Writer Good evening, Miguel Evening, evening. You love this Sorry time of the year, don't you?
1: Yeah, I think you possibly just heard my message ping there, which is basically... Uh, Who is it? Who that. is it?
0: Come on, tell us. <laughs> Open <laughs> Openness and transparency. This is exactly Sky Sports News. This is what we want. You have to okay. read the text message now live on air and give us the exclusive.
1: I know, a certain amount of discretion It's possibly just a -a five-a-side message (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's start with Manchester United Or maybe Manchester United and Barcelona Who sort of sum up the uh, madness of the transfer window Where on the one hand you have Barcelona Who reportedly 1.3 billion euro in debt uh, Who've just spent up on 60 million on Rafinha Want to spend potentially 40 million on Robert Lewandowski Have expressed an interest in Bernardo Silva and on the other hand, you have Manchester United, who don't seem to have any money issues whatsoever, yet can't seem to find a way of spending it. And in the middle, you have Frankie de Jong, who may be an answer to a lot of questions uh, for both of these clubs. Where where are Manchester United with Frankie de Jong right now? Because he seems to be their number one target in this window.
1: Yeah, and he, and he's one of the he's the number one target, basically, because Ten Hag sees a midfielder who could almost be described as unique, thinks there's no one like him in football, and also because he knows how Ten Hag wants to play, that... Um, he could accelerate their plans. But, uh, I mean, th- this is a transfer that sums up so much of this window, uh, principally how Bar- Barcelona and their problems are a hinge inch- a hinge issue for so many clubs and basically almost influence the entire market here. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the, ultimately with that, Barcelona need the young gone. They've got, obviously, the, the two net, the two great bright hopes Gavi and uh, Pedri complain play in his position, uh, or or thereabouts. Uh, they don't need him. He commands a huge wage. He's a saleable asset, and they have financial fair play problems as they try and restructure the, cl- the club. So he's an obvious choice that wants to go. In the middle of this, there's this issue that he agreed to defer his wages, which amount to 17 million uh, euro if he stays on. Um, but if he goes, he's not entitled to that. Um, but uh, but uh, but then again, the flip side of that is he, he doesn't actually need to go or want to go. Uh, now, people might wonder about Manchester United's interest in that regard. But, um, but basically, he's obviously been speaking to his former manager, Eric Ten Hag. So there's so many spinning plates here. So much leverage, so much where people, I mean, and as was put to me earlier, it's a case where people, eh, they everyone sort of call each other's bluff. I mean, I think if, if De Jong had his choice, he wouldn't go but he knows he's being pushed out of the club um, and and doesn't want to make it easy for Barcelona, uh, which is why I do think this will run and run. On the flip side, I mean, one of the things that was put to me today was, uh, as regards this issue of 17 million, that uh, Barcelona may seek to get United to cover it in a fee. But of course, United don't want to overpay. Also, from what I've been told here, there's a bit of a matter of... of, um, This is something that's come across in European football a lot this season, whereas a lot of clubs are irritated by how Barca are going about their business this summer. And uh, like I heard in particular the case of Bayern Munich with Robert, Robert Lewandowski, another do- deal that isn't done yet. And it's why most clubs don't want to give Barcelona an inch.
0: The conversation, obviously, was that Barcelona and Real Madrid, the days of them being the big spenders in European football, were over. And maybe the fact that you know Erling Haaland has gone to Manchester City and a lot of the best players in the world right now are signing for Premier League clubs... Is that and listen? It's Rafinha they've signed. It's an aging Robert Lewandowski uh, running down his contract that they're chasing. Maybe they're not the biggest in the world right now, but how are Barcelona managing to do this with that debt hanging over them?
1: Well, I, I mean, um, mostly it's a case, I suppose, of so some strategic transfer. I mean, like I, I don't think they do. They have had more income as well, such as the CVC deal. They've had, had player outgoings. But I, so I, I think the real issue here is more. About what is expected of some of their so I like players like De Jong, as and you know in the way they're trying to squeeze people, while at the same time just going out and paying these you know attractive contracts for players like uh, Rafinha and then po- players like potentially Robert Lewandowski. Um, How can they expect De Jong to just walk away from
0: 17 million when he was obviously you'd have to assume doing the right thing at the time during COVID and deferring his wages?
1: Well, that's exactly it, yeah. And, and, and let's not forget, this is a player they persuaded to join when Manchester City really wanted him because he was supposed to be the future of the club. Um, and you know, from De Jong's perspective, you can completely understand that. Um, also, I suppose, the greatest respect. Probably rather live in, uh, in Barcelona than Manchester myself. You want to get into kind of lifestyle issues and, and all that. But yeah, yeah, you're completely right. I mean, also, like when you, when you actually stand back, their offer to um, to the young is actually kind of extraordinary, really. Uh, you know, we're forcing you out. Um, we we don't want to pay you um, the, the the this this deal uh, that we that we agreed, and all, and also to and, and your one option in this disregard. I, I think that's where there's a little bit of disappointment in Frankie De Young's perspective as well. There has been more interest, but it's 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 the Manchester United who you know some would say are restructuring and rebuilding for the future. Others would still call them a basket case. <laughs> but no, to be fair, I, I, I do think the latter description is a little bit harsh you know, in United. I think they're, at the very least, yeah, Ten Hag has imposed a modern shape in terms of football and is trying to, he started maybe a long process of trying to bring the club right rounds. But uh, we may get to the point where they have to look elsewhere from the young because, um, or, or, or run the risk of just going right to, right to the last day of the window. And that would be the concern
0: for Manchester United supporters based on what has gone on in previous transfer windows and their inability to get deals done. Uh, usually at this time we're having this conversation, the angry Ed Woodward texts will be coming in and laying all the blame on his door. With Woodward gone and the the change in the management structure, they've only signed one player. Are they getting better at doing their deals? Is there anything they could do more to persuade Frankie de Jong?
1: Well, I suppose we don't. I mean... That's what Ten Hag is trying to do. and I mean, it is his former player. Uh, and also, I, I don't really think this is a case in that regard of, of United. But, uh, there's a bigger issue here. United are almost caught in an impasse between um, Barcelona and the player. Um, now, I suppose if they don't get him, the questions will be why they pursued a deal that was so difficult for so long and why they didn't they look else, elsewhere. Now, the answer to that, again, goes back to because of what um, De Jong could have represented for United's squad. Um, in terms of, I mean... It would probably be easy to kind of go back into all the old criticisms about United, but it is a new regime. We should probably give them a, a chance. My, my my greater concern, I suppose, would maybe be that it already feels like there's an element of this summer is exactly what we've seen before, whereas for all they talk about, cultural reset and you know having bigger plans and a bigger f- football ideology, they're ultimately kind of just going with everything the new manager wants. Uh, now, that's fine, of course, if the new manager works out, but that hasn't been the case for the last mm. few and what it resulted with it was, with Solskjaer and Rangnick was a mismatched squad full of kind of different parts. Bits of Angal, bits of Mourinho, bits of Solskjaer, little bits of David Moyes even. Uh, not that he was there for that long. Um, and, 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 I mean, it, it, this could be the case with Ten Hag too. And all, I mean, there's at least a question of whether it's... I mean, obviously Ten Hag is going to what he knows, like what, like what a lot of managers do. But there's at least a question of... Why such an emphasis on Holland and particularly Ajax? Especially given, like, if you if you talk to people in recruitment, the Premier League clubs, even even top managers, they'll say at this point, especially when you, if you look at the case of Chelsea, and and even okay, it's a level up from the Eredivisie in uh, in the Bundesliga, but this is also indicative, the fact that Kai Havertz has been pretty good, but Timo Werner has been a bust. Or not, okay, bust is a bit harsh, but really it hasn't replicated its form for Germany. And one of the reasons for that, from talking to people kind of the European game is, and around England, is that basically the Dutch League and the German League are seen as two very idiosyncratic divisions where there's no baseline, basically. Because there are two divisions that, and and, and this is a consequence of how wealthy leagues like England are, really. Mm. But there's mm. divisions that give a lot of young players a chance. They obviously both involve high-pressing games, quite erratic football, quite fast football. And that means, actually, there's very little baseline. And two players that, that, as we've seen with Werner and Havertz, really, two players that could be exceptional in the Bundesliga at the same time, one could actually be suited for England and one mightn't be, or for the top level. But it's so hard to judge because of the nature of those leagues. Uh, and that's why you would say maybe there's at least a small risk with United um, going for so many Ajax or former Ajax players including Christian Eriksen uh, but I suppose it's what, it's what Ten Hag knows but then that's been a, a criticism of United in, in, in the past um, but he, I mean there are signs of encouragement from training uh, a lot of people will look to obviously to win over Liverpool uh, even although uh, to me that, that shouldn't really mean that in terms of results what, what should be I suppose what should mean something is how much they're starting to impose his idea of football and I suppose that, 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 that is beginning to be the case But it's 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 from 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 this emphasis on Dutch signings, that'll be my read. Now it's not it's not quite the mid '90s when you know an IX generation were an absolute guarantee of Mm. real star quality. Mm. Yeah,
0: Yeah, we we could go through the success stories of the failures, I guess, from the Dutch League and the obvious success stories are, you know, Van Nistelrooy, Suarez, who come in and are two of the best Premier League strikers of their generation. There's a long list of players who came in and didn't make an impact, but again, I guess it's the right manager in the right place at the right time that was there for Van Nistelrooy and Suarez that weren't there for a lot of those other players. Like, Mattia Kesman probably killed it for an awful lot of guys.
1: Yeah, and... and um, th- that's it exactly. And I suppose I mean, if you're if you talking about Keszma as well, look at his era. I mean, it was also kind of a bit of a precursor with this with Ajax, um, which point I mean, football it, it wasn't quite in the state it is now in terms of tactics, in terms of kind of economic structures, but maybe in terms of where the Dutch league was going. Look at the great Ajax team of 2003 four, uh, the one that kind of won repeated uh, Dutch leagues. And had so many kind of budding young stars, and that Zlatan Ibrahimovic played for. You know, Zlatan obviously went on to do good things. Van der Vaart maybe had a good career, but not quite what well was suggested when he when he was um, uh, when he was at Ajax. Uh, Van der Maid uh, never really went on to anything. It was kind of the enigma of, of players like me, though. So yeah, it's um, it it is one of the dangers from 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 buying from a very youth-based league uh, that is a level or two down from the elite. And that's and that's even more the case now. And, and all, I mean, even if you look at yeah, Ten Hag side from 2019, the one that got to the Champions League semi-final and generated such interest, that's been quite a mix as well. De Jong, who we're talking about, has been good, but hasn't gone on to the level we expected at Barcelona. Now, Barca have been a basic case, but still he's ultimately been kind of overtaken by younger players in Pedri and Gavi. delict has been very hit and miss To my mind, he always looks quite exposed, and uh, while a lot of his defensive qualities are good, I think there are at least fair questions of where he can operate in a modern system. Um, Then I suppose the biggest example of all is uh, Donny Van de Beek, given Mm. he's been a Manchester United signing. Uh, Although we'll see if, and and this might say a lot in itself, whether um, uh, Ten Hag can rehabilitate him.
0: Jeez, there's so much going on at Manchester United when you compare to 12 months ago when we thought they just finished second in the league. They had uh, Rashford, Greenwood, Martial all scoring up towards 20 goals in the league and you thought all three of them might kick on and bring them to a, another level. And and all they really needed, it felt, was a centre-back and a, a Declan Rice and that would bring them to another level. Whereas now, it feels they're in a summer of a complete reset and maybe they're getting there with the signing of Terrell Malaysia, a full-back... Uh, Christian Eriksen comes in adding something in midfield. If they get Frankie de Jong done, Lissandra Martinez, another option at centre-back. But still in those attacking positions, like the Cristiano Ronaldo news, I don't know if it, it, at people at United, did that come out of nowhere, the sense that he he wanted to leave or were they prepared? And how does that work with his ego if, as it looks like, nobody actually wants him?
1: Yeah, well, it had been bubbling for a while. Um, but as you say, yeah, suddenly it's, i know noticed some reports saying, Manchester United are beginning to convince Ronaldo that he could should stay. Well, the reality is actually that there isn't a the market for him at all. Nobody wants him, or not, at least no club that he would want to go to that he wants to challenge for, because what he really wants is another crack of the Champions League or another major domestic title. Uh, and there's just no interest from there. Um, the, the one thing I suppose you're right in terms of how different it looked uh, 10 months ago, uh, even going into the final few days of August, because they, they started last season, what with. Uh, two wins and a draw. Uh, I must say, and this isn't hindsight because I did write at the time because <laughs> I was always a Solskjaer scamp to greedy. I do, I do think there was always a sense that the Solskjaer era was going to come up against a wall uh, that they were never really going to challenge under Solskjaer. But I think you can at least say he had a workable team. If a workable team at a lower, at a far lower level than than uh, a Liverpool without injury issues as they had uh, the season before last and obviously Manchester City. Uh, So he could have made something work. He he at least kept United competitive in the the Champions League places before. But uh, And as you say, he saw uh, a Declan Rice-type signing as maybe a final ingredient to at least have the team as he wanted. They didn't get Rice. They got Ronaldo and basically a whole load of issues uh, uh, unspooled from there. I think maybe Ronaldo accelerated what probably would have happened with Solskjaer anyway. But it's an issue. And yeah, and now Ten Hag, I mean, this is another side of it, Ten Hag has to deal with a player who, as he tries to kind of implement a modern pressing game, a player who's really kind of at this point of his career almost uh, <laughs> just the, the completely wrong player for a pressing team for, because of how mobile he is, because of how much he demands goes through him. Um, and that's just another quandary Ten Hag is ill. Now, to be fair, although the one thing I would say to that is Ten Hag had, a, and it's why I think some of these stories aggravated United Because even if there there was a mindset over whether, or at least a discussion over whether it might have been better to get rid of him, Um, Ten Hag had accepted Ronaldo was there for a year, and he was willing to make him his focal point for this first year, only for all this to explode and almost have to to adjust again. And of course, he's had this crucial period of pre-season training without the player he wants to make a focal point. Uh, Although, the one thing I would say for that is that Yeah, Ronaldo's personal issue is genuine and has been accepted by the club. It's not just one of those lines. Um, But obviously there's a bit of a discretion around it because it is, you know, a, a family issue. But um, Is yeah, this, is it, this it, another one, Miguel, then, that, that runs and runs? Like, uh, you know, are Ronaldo
0: and his agent looking around at all those super clubs and going to keep putting the pressure on right till the end of the transfer window? Or does it look already that, you know, Chelsea have decided Thomas Tuchel has got his way and has, you know, got Raheem Sterling is going to build more of a team than bringing Ronaldo into it? That if Paris Saint-Germain have no interest that that they decide in the next week he's staying and, and they move on? Or is this going to be just another saga that, that undermines undermines United for the next few weeks
1: uh, I, I think I mean if, 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 given his status as an agent and that's and, and to be fair I suppose given whatever whatever you think about the empire he's built up uh, Mendes obviously a very sharp man he's not going to leave himself in a situation where he can look stupid and left hanging out there and I, so I, 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 it's why I think they'll just decide to stay this year rather rather than kind of look around um, I mean even if you look at the way the discussions went they approached a fair few clubs it's, it's well known they approached Chelsea and um, and then found that there wasn't much interest, and so th- th- what well, I was told, they actually went to clubs like Chelsea and said Ronaldo would significantly drop his wage demands. He just wants to be in the Champions League, and uh, they didn't get much pickup from that from that either. Uh, so when it gets to that point, they've probably just got to accept the reality. Uh, and so I, I do think maybe that'll be case closed in that regard. And 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 one thing you would say for Ronaldo is partly because of his uh, some of that ego. When it co- when it comes to playing, all right, he mightn't fit a system, he might play to himself, but he he, he will you'll always be focused on scoring goals mm.
0: so in terms of uh, just the finish on Manchester United then and as the signings come through and a, a change of style and the new manager been able to implement that we, you know, we saw signs of it against Liverpool and yeah, you know, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp were quite calm about it afterwards. He used was at thirty-two players. Now, if the result had been reversed, such as the basket case that Manchester United, that there'd be probably a bit of pressure on Tine Hag already uh, if they were to lose four 0 even in a friendly. What is the style of football, and who are the who are the obvious winners from what he wants to do, and who are the guys who might struggle to fit in? Like, where does Bruno Fernandez fit in if Christian Eriksen arrives as well?
1: Well, I mean, I, I I think actually I wouldn't be so concerned about that as other people because from, from what I was told, um. Er, Ericsson would be a possible, uh, maybe not always a certain starter, but an option in the midfield that would say that would go, um, De Jong as a as a six as kind of a bus busquets player, then Ericsson, and then Fernandez in front of that. I mean now there, there were some issues around Fernandez and whether he'd fit into pressing football under Rangnick, uh, but ultimately I think he has got incredible individual quality. Um, and Ten Hag, I, I, I like to, Ten Hag, for all, even though he's kind of an idealist in terms of pressing, and that's kind of a non-negotiable. His actual formations and approach are—he'll you know, be a bit more pragmatic about that. And we are at the point now where he's assessing every single member of the squad. He's actually not gone in and said, "Like, I want to get rid of him, him, and him," in the way other managers have done. So in the way Mourinho did, basically, uh, he's—it is kind of a clean slate. And I suppose the best indication like that is someone like Martial, um, who obviously so much talent. Never fulfilled that United really, bar, barring the occasional flashes. And yeah, he he had a good good start. So, uh, but but as you say, I mean, you, we can't really read we'd much into this. But then the the season's not too far right? And even like I suppose to to bring us full circle, if 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 De Jong goes right to the end of the end of the window, well, what we'd have already played. I think it'll be four Premier League matches, possibly five by then. we would already be a bit into the season. It's it's uh, it's so close now, which I think is something that can be overlooked. Uh, your phone has been pinging away, Miguel. Come on, give us give us your one big deal that's going to happen <laughs> over the next few days. I, I I'd, have, I'd have to give it to the India, of course, first. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I I, I, I mean, what 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 would be next? I think um, Ch- Chelsea are obviously pursuing um, uh, two defenders because they want to bring in three, and then they let Aspeliqueda go. Kimpembe is a possibility. Well, that's an interesting because anytime I've seen Kimpembe play uh, for Paris Saint Germain, he's usually been good for an error, but Tuchel really likes him. Um, our, our Arsenal are looking for a left of centre but actually that, that was an interesting one that was thrown to me that like, actually got a bit of a backlash on social media, that Juventus have approached Arsenal about Gabriel and while I mean, I think Juventus would have to pay a pretty high price for that, given Gabriel's impact in the last year, uh, from what I've been told, it hasn't been rejected out of hand uh, and, and also the, 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 the way with these, I mean people I think there's often a the danger of looking at it in the kind of the short term and immediately what, how a player is doing what um you know what uh, what his price should be right now but like there's obviously more more aspects to this like sometimes it's about you know a player wants to move for other issues or else it's about relationships between two clubs um, but you know for the moment obviously events would have to go high but at the very least it hasn't been a, it hasn't been completely rejected out of hand yet Um. But uh, I mean, it feels right now there's a bit, there's a little bit of a lull in the window. I know Sterling was completed yesterday, but that's been going on for a while. And until maybe, and actually, a lot of that lull is because of the um, the backlog caused by Barcelona. <laughs> mm. uh, we obviously spoke a lot about Nathan Collins,
0: um, and it's a huge story here. It's the most expensive Irish player ever, it, and the sense that maybe it's a bit of a bargain at just over 20 million. I don't know if it's made many ripples over in England.
1: Uh, not really. I, I think it's one of those cases where, because he's been at Burnley and because Burnley have had a specific style for so long, uh, where almost a kind of like the centre halves are seen as, I know are seen as kind of like just solid blocks in a Die system before Die went. He's maybe actually been a little bit underrated. And I was kind of surprised that more clubs didn't go in from him. Because if you talk to some people around football, they do. Nathan Collins is basically our brightest prospect in some time. And uh, someone has the capability to be a top Premier League centre-half. But then from that perspective, maybe this is exactly the right move for him. He's gone from a club that's relegated to one that's mid-tier at quite a young age. Uh, so it's, it's, it, it, rather than kind of jumping up further, where he mightn't get as much football, where it might, he mightn't be quite as ready for it yet, uh, and I I, I, I almost—I I think it's an encouraging move Yeah uh, Hardest working man in showbiz Miguel Thank you as always Cheers Nathan
0: And Miguel Delaney there From the Independent All our football and off the ball Is brought to you by Sky Get more of the sports you love On Sports Extra with BT Sport And Premier Sport Football On off the ball
1: With Sky All the football you love In one place Across Sky Sports BT Sport And Premier Sports